You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are here every Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. Um, talking about legal issues, legal matters. We are two Texas licensed attorneys, and we do this as a public service. For our listeners, we know there are a lot of you guys out there. Thank you. We appreciate you listening. If you have any questions, you can message us live on Facebook. You can watch us live on Facebook. You can download the uh, podcast tomorrow on Google Play and iTunes and listen anytime you want. And I do get questions from Facebook people, and they actually send me emails, and they have questions about their cars and repairs, and, you know, I'll help them out. You know, there's going to be a disclaimer that I don't have all the facts in it, but if they want to talk to me and I'm driving and i got the time, so I've always got a little bit of time while I'm driving, not double-charging my clients or anything, I'll answer their questions. Right. That's right. We're We're here for you. And today, we want to talk about some upcoming changes to the law. Effective September 1st. And, but before we do that, I just want to say one thing, because we were talking about this earlier, just before the show, our little 50-minute prep, um, about movies. And going to, there's, a, there's a movie that just came out, and it was called Overcomer, and I was going to see it, and I haven't seen it yet. But um, there was a, uh, I was just listening to some radio station, and it was talking about the movie Dead Man Walking. And I'd never seen the movie. I'd heard of it. I thought That's it was That's from dumb. the 90s, right? It was from, it was uh, actually out in 1995. And I didn't know anything about it other than I just thought it sounded like a dumb title. And I thought those liberals in Hollywood made this movie, and I didn't know anything about it. What? It ended <laughs> up that um, it was written by uh, Sister Helen Prejean, and she it was, or is, she's still alive, she's 80. Uh, she uh, was a uh, Catholic nun that was born in Baton Rouge in 1939, and of course that piqued my interest because I was born in Baton Rouge. All my, my, my mother and her two sisters were all born in Baton Rouge in the late 30s, and there was only like you know, it was pretty small back then, and there was only a couple of schools, so I figured they might have known each other. Anyway, she wrote this, uh, she wrote a book, and she actually wrote the book, Dead Man Walking, and it was about a guy that she visited on death row in the Louisiana State Penitentiary, and I think they used to call it Angola. It may have been in Angola. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was really a, a fascinating movie. And when um, I'm only bringing it up because I thought that maybe I'm related to Sister Helen Prejean because... Uh, you know, she's Your born family's from that area, and, right. and I believe that everybody from Louisiana is, you know, related somehow or another. Mm-hmm. You know, really, not like Adam and Eve, but close in the pike there. Uh, but uh, that um, that oh, the oh, dead man walking, oh, the dead man walking that that they said in the movie it was called Dead Man Walking because uh, whenever a death row um, inmate is taken out of their cell. And I was looking at this on Wikipedia to kind of confirm it, uh, that they actually call out, like almost like when you're calling out for, when you're playing golf, dead man walking, because they consider them dead men. And it's sort of twofold. They're alerting people around them to stay away because they only come out of their cell for one hour a day. Uh, when you're on death row, you're in, car, you're in isolated seclusion 23 hours a day mm. so they say dead man walking and that's why she named it that and um ends up in that movie and i won't tell you the whole thing it, was, it ends up that 
uh, Susan Sarandon got the Academy Award for it in 1995. Oh, she won? And um, I, I thought it was one of those movies, just like the, the song of Bernadette, where really it was just a bunch of close-ups of her crying. and mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. She could be crying about anything, and mm-hmm. they didn't close up. But, uh, but it, I, it ended up being a very good movie, and it had Sean Penn in it. And um, it was when I think he was still with Madonna. Who knows? But uh, very, but very good movie. Back then, he would have been. And it ends up, and I, I won't give it away because if I gave any other part of it, but I want you to see it because it really had a lot of legal... Uh, the legal wranglings of what happens when you need to appeal something. And uh, I was watching it because Larry Swearington recently got put to death last week by uh, the... uh you know, in Texas, he, they, I think they'd gone after perhaps his sixth pardon or trying to get a stay right. because um, he had been accused of murdering a girl up here um, in Willis and uh, like 20 years ago. But there was, it was all circumstantial. And usually in those cases, I don't think there should be a death sentence. And so I was, you know, just in my opinion that they should have probably stayed that only because they just didn't have any proof. Right. There was nothing. There was no witnesses. They, right. It was all circumstantial. And they, they ended up putting, putting him to death. And I actually cried, which was weird. I think I must have been really emotional that night or something. So it made me uh, go watch this movie, that, which was about people that are on death row. And there were some people that, you know, it looks like they, you know, unless you absolutely know and there was a confession and there was absolute proof, like Ted Bundy, um, you know, th- th- yeah, this- and, and Bundy never rene- retook that confession back. I mean, he stuck oh, no. with it once no. he made it. And then it. there's so much evidence. Right. But when you've only got one killing, and a lot of people uh, don't get death sentences. Like uh, I did a case where my friend was murdered by her father-in-law uh, in cold blood, and right. it, it was it was just in cold blood. And then he tried to kill her husband, and he only got 15 years by a jury. Right. And then uh, they they um, they made it concurrent another five years. Uh, for the aggravated um, assault that where he tried to kill, but then didn't go off the the father or, or her, the husband. I say the father because I knew the kids too. Your but, friend's husband as well. Yeah, but he lived, and he Terrible. now after it's it really was traumatic. But he only got fifteen years, and um, right, and he'll There's be out such a disparity in like two thousand twenty three, and so they're keeping him in the whole time. Right. But he could he was up for parole after just seven years. So there is a disparity, and sometimes it doesn't seem like justice is done. And in this one instance, it kind of bothered me. But Dead Man Walking, good movie. I think everybody should see it. After I saw it, I really liked it. But what you're getting down to what's I think more um, apropos to our listeners, mm-hmm. and that's laws that are going to come into effect September first, uh, yeah. two thousand nineteen. And uh, there's a lot of them that we just don't know about. And um, so, go take go, take it take it from here. Okay. So, following the exceptionally chaotic and combative twenty seventeen session, many journalists found that the twenty nineteen session of the Texas Legislature to be downright dull. The 2017 spectacle featured open tension between the conservative and moderate factions of the Texas Republican Party, public insults traded between Republican leaders, and a heated bathroom bill debate. Fist it was. You remember fisticuffs. Oh, I sure do. Fisticuffs between legislatures, legislators, and a special session on dozens of hot button issues. So, 2017, there was no kumbaya. It was. Uh, they were taking it to the streets, our legislatures, over, I think it's because they're all uh, conservatives. That, that's my thought on yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Right. So in contrast, the 2019 session has been widely named the Kumbaya session, oh. which you just said. <laughs> the Republican Big Three, Governor, Lieutenant Governor, and Speaker, remained politically unified, focusing their legislative energies on substantive 
meat and potatoes policy issues. Which is what we want. That's right? what they should always be doing. Right. They largely sidestepped debates on the most divisive social issues, and they shepherded legislators into passing landmark, if not universally popular, reforms to the state's property tax and school finance system. So it was a really good session because we had alignment by our, you know, our governor and our uh, and the legislature uh, to the extent that, well, I say alignment with the governor, lieutenant governor, speaker, and the governor, um, but they had a little tension, that little pushback from this almost Democratic sweep because we had, right. you know, that happened in Harris County. It didn't happen mm-hmm. in Montgomery County, of course, but, uh, you know, Harris County and, and, uh, and the Dallas area, they're, uh, they're very populous, and so that's mm-hmm. pretty scary. And so what they did was it was a little uh, uh, shock. So they got to work, and right. we got some pretty good laws passed we're going to talk about today. Good. Well, one law that was passed was the property tax reform. Mm-hmm. It was a Senate Bill 2 bars cities, counties, and special districts from increasing property tax collections by more than 3.5% in any year without that a vote of the amazing. public. That is amazing. We needed that. I thought it was 10% before. Yeah, that, without that really a vote of the us. public. Yes. So to increase them any more than that, the public has to vote. School districts are capped at 2.5%. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. Major reduction mm-hmm. from the current cap of eight percent. I thought it was ten, but eight, ten. I knew was, they're all different, but this right. is very important. This is right. You know, a, a it says that uh, Democrats and local officials warn that the warn that the new tighter revenue limits could seriously disrupt local budgets and services. They I mean, won't. Yeah, they just want more money to put in their own pockets. Give me a break. Well, right. Okay, so school finance reform. Here's another one. The mm-hmm. legislature accomplished something many insiders thought impossible: enacting wholesale school finance reforms without a court mandate. Mm-hmm. House Bill 3 provides a total of $11.6 billion in new state funding for public education, $4.5 billion for, 20, for a 20% general increase in per-student baseline funding, wow. and targeted funding increases for pre-kindergarten programs third grade reading proficiency and dyslexia. Man, I wish they had had that when I was in school because I was dyslexic. In the third grade, I was deemed just like the dumbest kid on the block. But you were just dyslexic. And I was, I, so I became very athletic. So it was kind of good in a way uh, because I was dyslexic, right? Uh, dyslexic. But then I was really good at math. And so they're like, okay, you're not, you're just autistic because you know numbers. <laughs> it's like, okay, they just relabeled me. And these pre-kindergarten programs are right. very, very important for working moms and working parents because everybody before when my kids were in, um, uh, kindergarten or pre-kindergarten, they couldn't, it was unfair that only the people that were the lowest poverty level could get their kids into pre-K no when I really needed my kids in there for the head start they were going to get. Right. So right. Uh, this is really, really good. Okay, so uh, $2 billion, they also approved this, $2 billion for an average salary increase of 4000 for teachers, mm. librarians, nurses, and counselors. Good. Okay, over $5 billion for buying down, that's in quotes, buying mm. down school districts, Maintenance and operation tax rates to provide taxpayer relief, an average of eight cents per one hundred property value one hundred dollar okay. property valuation in twenty twenty. So they were mitigating. Um, they're making the the bill that they just passed, the law that just passed, work by getting funding to buy down the increases. Right, that's what they're doing, mm-hmm. and 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 lift a tax burden mm-hmm. off the taxpayer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, an average of eight cents per one hundred dollar property valuation in twenty twenty, and an additional five cents per one hundred property valuation mm-hmm. in twenty twenty one. So that's great. That really makes a big difference, not to people that are leasing necessarily, but to property owners very much. So, and well, and if they're leasing, someone owns that property. Yes, yes. So, so that maybe they're going to help lower. somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, abortion. 
The legislature declined to consider Alabama-style changes to Roe v. Wade, but did enact less ambitious restrictions. Mm. Senate Bill 22 prevents state and local governments from partnering with abortion providers like Planned Parenthood and even non-abortion health programs. Huh. Hmm. Well, so they declined to consider the Alabama-style Roe versus Wade because Alabama took it away, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Completely. Just recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're very conservative. Mm-hmm. What's going on with that? You know, we don't know Alabama law. Well, uh, you know, I think it's uh, there was a, an absolute ban on second trimester abortion. And I so think, I kept thinking in my mind they were going to have to go across the state, which they would have to. Well, mean. it depends on where they are in their pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm just like going from memory, but, you know, uh, f- from what I remember, according to Roe v. Wade, um, it was up to the individual in the first trimester. There were some restrictions in the second trimester and completely up to the state in the third trimester, uh-huh. basically. That's yes. just kind of the down and dirty mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. But Alabama placed restrictions that weren't there before on second trimester abortions. Okay. I, I knew think it was that's a, what happened. I thought Alabama banned it. I thought that was a really strong but we've got No, some, they were very restrictive but they didn't ban it. We've got some friends that are coming in from the Alabama game because we go there when A M plays over there and mm-hmm. they come here and they're mm-hmm. coming here this year. So um, I'm gonna ask about it. But they're pretty they're conservative over there in Alabama. But I'll tell you what, uh, they all have that A tattooed on their body. I mean everybody they must get it like when they're born. They get an A branded on them. <laughs> It's like the snitches on beaches with the stars on their bellies, the Dr. Seuss. it's the craziest thing. Mm -hmm. They're all such crazy football fanatics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, As as well they should be, except for they did lose the championship this year, so they got some some working out to do. Mm -hmm. There you go. Of course, Alabama didn't, um, it was the other, who won? It wasn't Alabama. I was thinking Crimson Tide versus, uh, you know, I'm, I'm bad. I should know my SEC. Uh, it was not even an SEC team that won the championship last year, as I recall. But it should have been, and it will be this year. Okay, so Okay, so we got some changes to guns. We talked about that in our last show, too. But the legislature failed to enact the constitutional carry handgun rights, i.e. carry without licensing. Yes. Our Com- guys really wanted just to have carte blanche, you know, mm-hmm. constitutional rights, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't go that far. That was promoted by some gun right activists. But it did enact House Bill 302, which permits tenants to possess lawfully owned firearms in leased dwellings, regardless of landlord objections, and Senate Bill 535, which allows licensed handgun owners to carry their arms in places of worship unless expressly prohibited by the institution. And we've we've discussed that at length. Yeah, and then that I think that pretty much was um, a, a kind of a, a, a derivative of that shooting that the shooting that were happening in churches. I, me, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, state versus local control. The revenue limits in uh, limitations in Senate Bill 2 and House Bill 3 are obviously fairly extreme examples of state preemption over local control. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, cities were successful in defeating legislation that would have removed their ability to enact local ordinances requiring employers to provide paid sick leave or regulating short-term rental companies like Airbnb. Okay, so let's analyze that for yeah. a minute. What's going on with that? The revenue limitations in the laws that were passed are extreme examples of the state exemption over preemption. Local preemption over local control. Mm-hmm. So the basically the state saying that we can control you. Sure. And um, over ordinances, municipal ordinances, and all of that. You're going to do locality. You're going to do what we say. Right, right. We're, that's almost like in the the federal government where the federal government 
there's a constitutional, you know, we are talking about that, the amendment, that the states have their own rights. The, the federal government cannot step in over the, the things that states can regulate, the federal government can't come in and say, you're going to do it our way and have a broad... And you're going to work for us. Right. You're going to do all the things we tell you to do. You. I think it came right down to that. It was yeah. just kind of a, a money thing. Yeah, but that's, this is saying that they were mm. able, the state was able to get jurisdiction and muscle over the locals, mm -hmm. which is opposite of what you would think. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the way that the federal government uh, gets around, um, I say the government, the way you uh, the, we get federal laws past are that are in place that do overtake state rights are through the Supreme Court, like Roe versus Wade. And um, I guess uh, I want to say it was Gantt. It was Arizona versus Gantt. Well, Lawrence v. Texas. Lawrence, uh, uh, so it's the it's not the, gay the actual law that right. allows it to like, like gay marriage, rights and but, stuff. Yeah. But here it's saying that the state can kind of, you know, take some, it, it, like they're the parents. So that's kind of surprising to me. But on the other hand, cities were successful in defeating legislation that would have removed their ability to enact local ordinances requiring points to provide paid sick leave. So the cities can now have paid sick leave or regulate short-term rental companies like Airbnb, which is kind of weird, too. Well, so, so they had the ability, and I guess the state was fighting to uh, revoke their abilities to enact local ordinances. Right, so that that's like Montgomery County now, or the city of Conroe. Could be uh, for, say. Can now say, I don't care what you say, state. Our Airbnbs can do this. Right. Which is very, that's contrary to, to uh, as a lawyer, that's contrary to statutes. That's that's a pretty Interesting. big. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to look at the conflicts in law. Mm -hmm. Another another class that I did not take that I probably should have, but that's what it's going to come down to. If there's ever an argument on Airbnb, whether the state says one thing and the statutes in the Texas Property Code and the city ordinances say another, who will prevail? But that's another day, another dollar. Okay, so I think this is this makes me mad. This one, tobacco. Senate Bill 21 prohibits the sale of cigarettes, e-cigarettes, and other tobacco products to Texans younger than 21. And that makes you mad. Why? Because that's ridiculous. I mean, look, all of this legislating morality, smoking <laughs> is true. bad for you. You shouldn't smoke. And, and I'm going to pass a law saying you know, if you're 21, you can't smoke. When I was a kid, drinking age was 18. Yeah, me okay? too. Okay, you can go We're to war at well, 16. Let's ask our, our show producer, how old was the drinking age when you were... Uh, when could you first drink? It's whenever my parents said I could. <laughs> you know, that's true. Because yeah. uh, to it's go back true. to our other show, if you're with your parents, you can drink. So yeah. one parent gives you the authority, and a lot of restaurants won't let you do it. But from How the state old do statute, you have to be to enlist in the military? I... I'm sure 16? that there's 18, 18 with some kind 17? of exceptions. Uh huh. So you can enlist in the military, die for your country, but when you come back home, you can't yeah, buy a pack of cigarettes. But you didn't, I, we didn't get to find out how old Dick is by <laughs> by default here. How old legally was the age to drink? 21. 21. 21. Okay. It's so been 21 for a now, while. There should be an exception in the cigarette law and in the drinking law that if you have a list of the military and you're on active duty, that if you're fighting and dying for your country, you should be able to drink and smoke, but not before because you've got to learn and train that's a all bunch of bull. These, so that's like saying you're not an adult to make decisions for yourself when you're tw until you're 21. I mean, well, come on. Well, let me ask you guys this. I, mean, we can't, I can't hear you. Is your mic on? Oh, I got There we there go. There you go. There I go. Sorry about that, guys. No, I think the uh, the question I have for you guys is we know a lot of logic isn't put into laws because of how long they've been in place, and now it's today. But, like, for example, here in the state of Texas, you can't purchase liquor 
at a gro- uh, grocery store or anywhere else but a liquor store, mm-hmm. and then you can't purchase liquor at a certain time, or you're restricted, and beer. Like, you can't buy beer on, was it, on Sunday, but mm-hmm. till noon. There was legislation where to get around that you can get it mail order now. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah, because well, I mean, that same thing with same thing with eighteen and you know ha- being able yeah. to do things and depending on what's going on because you're uh, to me you look at it as it's just the way it is. But if you really, why do we really want to change that? Mm-hmm. Because if you're eighteen, do you really do you really feel eighteen year olds are fighting at the fighting at the door to go buy liquor? Or no, buy cigarettes. because they can get it. So to me, it's kind of like, it's is just it a really? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It's actually because, I, in my opinion, I think it's because politicians want to get uh, the vote of maybe the older people. They don't care about the younger vote. But, uh, and maybe they're just believing that our, our 18-year-olds can't make wise decisions, which is absolutely absurd because they're in college. Most well, of the they're treated are. like little tiny babies. This is ridiculous. You're such a little tiny baby. Well, I also think the military deal was more of a draft decision, wasn't it? Yeah. When they decided yeah, 18, what, when 18 was the age they That's selected, true. it's probably because they go during the time when they wanted to enforce the draft. But also, mm-hmm. that was back when a, an 18 year old is considered an adult. They still are today. Yeah, I just don't get I think this. you're right. The 21 year old thing it's is a over little the odd. Top. Well, but, doesn't it depend on the state, too? So, like, oh yeah, I know yeah, in yeah. other states, you can, like, some states are now doing cigarettes at 21. Yeah. Well, and yeah, then it's just like here pot, like is in 18. Colorado. Same pot, thing. pot, you have to be 21, I think. And then, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that's just more of a state deal, and that's when you kind of deal with the cards you've been dealt yeah, wait, or moved to another back. state. Pot has to be 21. Right. Pot <laughs> does have to be. I think I'm pretty sure it has to be in Colorado. I've never been to Colorado. Yeah, uh, I, I think I'm not sure. I don't know Colorado law, but because we're going to talk about the pot thing a little bit too because they addressed it. They were trying to pass it. There was a bill to try to get marijuana I told legalized. y'all. I told y'all. Craziness. I told y'all they were doing that. Anyway, okay, I so the next the, one. The cigarette thing is not a bad thing, though, because I don't smoke and I don't think right. it's good for you. Right, but see, that's, that is imposing your, well, that's okay, true. whatever. I wouldn't okay, cast cannabis. on it. I just didn't care about it because I mean, I'm not know, affected. This is the whole thing, too, and this is how we treat our old people. Oh, well, you're you're old now and you have a high blood pressure and you have a hard time going to the bathroom by yourself. We're going to stick you in an old folks' home and you can't yeah, have any beer ever for the rest of your life and you can't smoke. Go put those cigarettes out because you might die. So you lose when you get older. The whole problem is that older people, they hate nursing homes because they lose all their freedom. Mm-hmm. Maybe they want the freedom to make a bad decision go smoke a cigarette. I don't really believe that, though. Really? My, I do. My wife has worked at the Houston Hospice, and they can pretty much, if they're compliant, they'll be able to do things Well, do like they that. have a facility where they keep people, like a nursing home? Well, or I mean, a hospice, in-home? so I mean, you're pretty yeah. much hospice, on the way out. But hospice, well, but that's in your home. That's different. No, Houston Hospice is a nonprofit. But hospice is usually administered in the home. So the, does your no, wife No, this is actually go, a location. Oh, okay. This so is it's a, a facility. This is, this is a, yeah, it's a... It's and a, they let them go out back and smoke if they want they, to they, or drink a beer? Yeah, if they're nice. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I think that's important. I really do. Because, I mean, you look You can't at, take freedom look, away because you're old, and you can't take freedom away because you're not 21. You know, 18 to 21 is an adult. Yeah, but nursing home, to me, seems similar to, like, living in an apartment. No matter what age you are, there's rules in the apartment. Like, I can't right, just, just smoke in my apartment. Pick you up if you fall in the or like say I'm at a you hotel. Can't? Well, it depends you... on depends on what your apartment is. Well, right. Yeah, so you so live like in the, an apartment. Like the town home I live in. The town home I live in. Is it smoke free? It's smoke free. Yeah. So no one's allowed really? to smoke anything inside. Oh my gosh! What if you make it a brisket and it's smoking? Well, that's outside. <laughs> or so. okay. Can you go sit on your balcony and smoke a cigarette if you want yeah. to? 
just not in that. That's not the in the, but see, the house. a lot of these Weird. nursing homes, these people can't do that. They're not allowed. You know, they well, can't. Well, don't put your family in that nursing home. Well, because if you go, I just think it's the nursing it's, homes you're in. There's always extended rules when you, the uh, the daughter or whatever's there. So I could go there, take my grandfather out. Go right. on a trip, go that's, on somewhere, and they can smoke. Well, that's if or you've you got family members that will do that for you. Or if the, the home's smart, you just pay extra money, and they'll take them out for you. So that's how it's you It's all make- different, because <laughs> one of my friends and was thinking about putting her, um, uh, the mom, they're both in their 80s, was thinking about putting her, her dad in a facility because he's wheelchair-bound. He can't take care of himself. It's too hard on her. She's already in her 80s. And they were having, what, just like you were saying, a bad time actually going and, and, and going through the places, finding one that wouldn't take their freedom away. But there was one they found that gave them a lot of freedom. So I yeah, think it's like a school important. or anything else. You just have to look for the people that are going to do it that kind of suit your needs. That but it, go it's, it's with a, the person that's being put yeah, in. It's also a protective issue because well, some people shouldn't well, be smoking. If you have a lifestyle, if you have a lifestyle, it's always important when you're going to migrate somewhere and see if that agrees with your lifestyle. Right. Yes. Because really, like where we, like for example, where my wife had moved, we had a, we had, there's so many rules there for little things that are kind of ridiculous apartment. for the apartment. Mm-hmm. Like it's just kind of, oh, really? oh, it's really weird. Like for example, I can't install a garage door. If I install it, I have to pay for it and then I have to pay a monthly fee to have it on site. And I was like, that's really garage weird. Garage door. Yeah, well, because my wife is 410. Uh-huh. And so I was going to pull out the uh, Disability Act on them because I was like, she can't open and close the garage <laughs> I didn't know without a garage was. door. Four feet, Four ten, ten inches. Wow. She's tiny. So, She's little. Yeah, she really can't close the garage. And I was like, how am I supposed to do this? And, she, and they're like, oh, well, you can purchase a garage door opener. And I was like, oh, cool. There's like oh, $200, you see, right? You're talking about an opener they wouldn't let you put in. Yeah, well, I go, yeah, I'll just buy one. I was looking them up, and they're like, yeah, and then you have to pay a monthly fee. Why? What was the fee I don't for? Know. Just having a garage door open. The fee to the apartment complex? See, the this, is, this is just people going crazy. And oh that's what bothers me about this uh, Senate Bill quick, 21. No, I just, what I did is I just put a string up for her. Yeah, okay. so she can grab it. Because <laughs> at a principal, I was like, I'm not paying that fee. Good. I would not pay, pay the fee either. That's ridiculous. But, then, but yeah. again, again, like you're agreeing to these things. Right. And you shouldn't be shocked about those kind of, that kind of stuff. Like to me, it's just like that. You just adapt. And then there it is. But especially for an old folks home, what I've learned dealing with that because I had several family members is depends on how you treat the nurses there. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> these are people that's everywhere. That's so and, everywhere. And, yeah, if you just if you're nice enough there, you can pretty much get away with anything. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember seeing people smoking dope there, and I was like, oh, that's wow. wild. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's like if you're just really kind and the family's really kind, they'll get the extra pudding. That they'll get is, the foot rub. They'll that do historically that's goes so all true, the way dude. back to you know the, the well, you're not putting them the in time, prison. Yeah. I mean, hopefully not. But see, that's my concern. And, you know, you have a lot of these family members. Oh, Papa, you smoked for 4,700 years and now is the last day and we're putting you in this nursing home and you can't smoke. Yeah, well, maybe you Papa can't do wasn't this. nice while they were growing up. And Who cares? Who cares? He doesn't have to be a, a That's a why we should have the right to kill ourselves. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, no. how did we get there? Okay, no, I'm going to talk no. about cannabis. Okay, the I'm legis- tired of dealing with my daughter. She said I can't smoke <laughs> cigarettes. She's killing me. I'll show her. <laughs> yeah. The legislature failed to pass legislation decriminalizing marijuana mm-hmm. or even a bill updating its uh, an- anachronistic statutory spelling. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but House Bill 3703 does expand the medical conditions for which low THC medical cannabis 
or CBD oil can be legally prescribed to include hmm. MLS, mm-hmm. ALS, Parkinson's, terminal mm-hmm. cancer, autism, and many kinds of seizure disorders. And we talked about We've that talked about that. And, uh, you know, if you're a high-functioning autistic, and I think there's a lot of them out there, Smoke your pot. But I think high-functioning autistics probably don't want to smoke pot because they like to be aware of things. You know, I've heard for autistic, I know a girl who's got a brother that's autistic, mm-hmm. and she said that it really, really helps him. Really? Which and I think her. is He's probably calm. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But she she did say that it really helps him. Really? That he's like a different person. He's very combative. But mm-hmm. then when oh. he, yeah. Um, you know, levels of autism. All okay, right. red light cameras. This Love is interesting. This one. Yes, very HB sixteen thirty one bans red light cameras. Yes, across the state. Although it does permit current contracts for the devices to continue until their expiration dates. There's it been a lot of controversy. I'm just about telling those. you. You see that red light camera? They may be taking a picture of you, but they can't give you a ticket anymore. So go forward and run through the red light. <laughs> and breastfeeding and breast pumping. I must say this for my daughter. Oh, let me Rachel, go back. If she's on listening. That one. Okay. The red light cameras were always, my, my kids were getting them all the time yeah. because they would turn right on a red, but it would be one of those um, streets that had the curve where it looked like you just had to yield, but you didn't just, because it was a separate lane. And they got the red light camera so many times on that. You would think they'd learn, but they didn't. And you really kind of, I mean, you can fight it, but they that's the one, that's what they were kind of breaching, but you don't have to worry about that anymore. Drive safely, of course, but, right. but you don't have to worry about looking at that red light camera if you're just, you know, thinking mm-hmm. you're complying and well, you're in the so, m- well, and so many of them are defective. They're faulty and I don't know. The people have gotten stuff. them. They usually are, you know, caught dead in the water with that camera. Yeah. <laughs> but but there's no picture of the driver. That's what always bothers me. You don't know who's driving the car. See, that's the other thing, too. Someone could be driving your car right. and then you're the one who's notified with a ticket in the mail. Right. Um, breastfeeding and pumping. This is interesting. House Bill 541 clarifies state law to make clear that women in Texas are allowed to pump breast milk not just breastfeed, anywhere in public. I think it's interesting we had to have a law for that. State law makes it clear that women are allowed to pump breast milk. Well, that, that's, that is insane. I remember I'm a culprit because I breastfed my kids, and I wasn't obnoxious about it. But sure. If you're at the Galleria and you're skating and shopping and you're there all day long and you've got your kid with you and that's all their only nourishment they've got, then you've got to go somewhere. Right. And you'd be locked in with all these people. And if you're with a bunch of girls, or you four or Which five of my fine. friends, yeah. you just have your poncho or whatever. Nobody knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like I was some California naked woman or something. That right. would be awful. But uh, I didn't know that there would even need a law for something like that. Maybe That's it's a punk, you know, basically. It's a law for establishments restricting people from doing it. From yeah. being crazy and liberal and, you know, naked. Well, no, it's more of like... If I own a restaurant, I don't want you pumping in here. And that's probably to tell those guys you can't say you have to leave now. Right. It's right. probably not right. for right. an individual on individual stuff. It's probably for an establishment yeah. setting up rules. They can do it now, though. Except so. that, that, of course, that's private. Nowhere in public. So private, they can still pretty much control whatever you do. But, okay, so now we're going to yeah, talk but, about. Yeah, this says anywhere in public. Is that what you were yeah. just saying? So yeah. private restaurants can still tell you no. Just like with guns. Can't do that. But I don't think they would do that if you were doing it discreetly. So. Well, you can go to the bathroom. Yeah. If you can. I mean, we're pretending everyone's got this perfect life and you've got people there to watch the kids. I'll take the baby. Who knows? Why I mean, these? 34 years ago, I remember when I worked for International Paper, I had to go to like well, How often is this happening? Um, it well, was, it must when be when you only, No, I'm saying like, what are, what are the chances of running into somebody breastfeeding? Yeah, very, day? very seldom. Like, because I don't, I don't just, think I've actually seen a woman breastfeed in public. Or that you knew she was. That you knew she yeah. was. Like, because they're very well, I know it's obvious when there's like because my sisters have had kids. Yeah. And it's right. kind of obvious when there's a 
like a shawl or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, well, I wear it. I used to wear I'm talking a about poncho. my normal outgoing life. Like, I don't really, oh, that woman's breastfeeding. It's more of like. I've seen it in church because the kids are well, crying and you got to get them quiet and that's the only thing they're eating. Oh, I'm talking about infants. I'm not talking when it's like four years old and, you know, the, the kids mm-hmm. are, that, well, that's kind of weird shit, you know, <laughs> pardon me, French. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, it's just weird. So anyway, it doesn't happen very often. You're right. But when it does happen, like you have to breastfeed, then no one can tell you you cannot pump. Yes. Okay. But I did it at an international paper and I was able to pull that off for a year for both of my kids and... They didn't have a problem with it. I don't think. It, I think if liberal international paper didn't have a problem with it, then other places shouldn't either. And my kids were healthy from it. All right. Yes. So what? Let's talk about the laws that you can talk about at cocktail parties. Okay. You, should, you shouldn't bring your kids out in public, basically, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for God's sake, not until they're twenty-one, because who knows what they're gonna do. Oh my gosh, deliverance! <laughs> what they do up here? There's no socialization. All right. So um, attorneys should always be prepared to answer eternal cocktail party questions and this year's legislation uh this legislature's uh did they change any laws everybody has asked that oh like you know when i go to a cocktail party like i go to any cocktail parties i'm not that socially you know interactive but uh, and i don't think we call it a cocktail party either but let's say we go to papacitas and we're drinking some beers right mm-hmm. and the first thing that comes up is not like hey what did the legislature pass this year mm-hmm. it just doesn't come up but let's just say you're with a bunch of attorneys um and these are things that people would maybe ask us just kind of on the cuff. So mm-hmm. here are, uh, so take it away. What, what are some of the answers to the, all the, the many asked well, questions? Well, I think um, this one is interesting, uh, that uh, they have lifted, they've ended their ban on brass knuckles. I mean, to me, this goes back to the 20s, you know. The There's, one you pick is brass knuckles. I think that's interesting because I think of James Cagney and I think of, you know, all those guys. And, you know, they always have these brass knuckles and they yes. I know they've been banned forever why in the world would they lift the ban on brass knuckles tony because brass knuckles i've had people that have actually they're not supposed to have weapons mm-hmm. and they've got them and they've got these brass knuckles and they're part of their keychain and stuff and they're telling me because they're in gangs but they're not bad people i mean they usually get in trouble for something else or but but they're i'm representing them and i really like these people and they're telling me I'm, I live in basically what amounts to a project in southwest Houston. I cannot protect myself. I've, I can't carry a gun because I have a DWI or I'm not current on my child support, and none of them are current on their child support. Then I've got to have something to protect myself, and this is it. So part of it might be because these people need to protect themselves. Secondly, almost anything could be like brass knuckles. You could just grab a baseball bat out of your car, and that's not banned, or in my key, opinion. keys, you know, a pair of keys or something. What do you think? What is your opinion? Why do you think they're suddenly let us have brass knuckles? I bet they just kind of go into that no nonsense kind of stuff because not, re- not the same ones that banned us with the twenty one year that 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 those same people were not were legislating. Yeah, I, I think it's just something that they probably thought that pe- some people were getting arrested and getting upset. Like, like for example, one of my friends was in a play and he he was a police officer and he had one of those nightsticks mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was ext- extractable. Mm-hmm. Well, it was in his costume. And he gets pulled over for mm-hmm. speeding, and then they find it, and they're like, well, you can't have this. This is a Class C weapon and or whatever. And impersonating an officer. Well, and that officer thing, that was easily explained. Yeah, but right. this was like, yeah, you can't have this. So they arrested him. Mm-hmm. What? And, yeah, they arrested him. And so I think it's something. That was not a very nice officer. There was no reason to do that. So what happened? Did he go to jail? And uh, he Well, yeah, he got out? booked, and yeah. he got bailed. And when you get arrested, stuff, so. you gotta, I'm sure it got dismissed. But I think that's what, probably where that came from, is people were like, I don't think those are are not are still banned. This, the, I forgot what they call them. This you're talking says, about. Mm-hmm, I do. Uh, back the, in the brass. It says building on the legislature's legislation of switchblades. I guess you can have those now in 2013. 
House Bill 446, starting September 1st, ends the state's bans on brass knuckles. So you can have well, them. Well, I'm now. talking about the sticks. Oh, was yeah, that, that, I sticks? think you still, uh, there's still a prohibition on that, I think. Really? Yeah. But really, those aren't very prevalent. I mean, do you know many people that have got a, a no. stick? Well, well his, I mean, his actor friend did. Yeah, well, well I think it was. Well, part of his costume. It's too, they probably introduced it for for. for Protecting police because a lot of problems police officers I know have because I have family members is the concealed weapons. Mm-hmm. So when people are when they're approaching somebody, they don't know brass knuckles or you can conceal them even though it's kind of obvious that you have something on your hand, but mm-hmm. uh, you don't know until it's kind of too late. And right. I think uh, it's probably going to be banned again in ten years when a couple cops get I do hit too. in the face. Yeah, I so. do too. So you're right. No. It's interesting, and that's why I think it's interesting is they've been banned forever. And now they're lifting the ban. But and you see, you somebody's going to get punched. Brass knuckles could be, this pen would be a weapon if I well, used no, it. Like well, a lot of yeah, people will say different. get a roll of quarters. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Brass knuckles in and of themselves, almost everything could be banned. Because if you want to hit somebody, it doesn't take much just to grab it and hit, you know, you're prepared. You're, you're not, uh, uh, knives or your little pocket knife or whatever, that's not going to be banned. So, I don't know. I've had a couple of clients. Probably what happened happen. was some company wants to make brass knuckles. They called up a little, yeah. some guy that, that and be like, hey, you want to us me. to move? You want mm-hmm. us to move there? We are you so gotta... negative here, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, probably that's realistically what happened. They're like, well, hey, the we got to change The brass market this. started taking a dive. They were like, hey, all these well, dumb kids. Why? Why just brass knuckles? They'll buy them. Why just brass knuckles? I know. Why well, not? Well, well, I think it's interesting. Now too. Yeah. So well, the, I think Switchblades was 2013. Then. Yeah, yeah, 2013. Yeah. It was. But they're slowly so, coming along. That same company probably did Switchblades, and now they're moving on to the, it's brass It's the steel knuckles. industry. You know, those steelers. The same as just like when I was in, you know, the so. oiler cheerleader business. Mm-hmm. Those steelers are bad. They're knocking the door down. We'll get them. Okay. So this, this is interesting, Tony. Uh, the it kind of goes to what you were talking yes. about: delivery of alcohol. Yes. Mm-hmm. So read that one, right. the first um, one. State Bill uh, 1232 and 1450 allow for the expanded legal home delivery of alcoholic products and beverages, and House Bill 1545 permits Texans to buy, quote, beer to go direct- directly from craft brewery tap rooms. And that was a big deal because there's a lot of uh, people that have got small breweries in Houston that we're talking about now finally being able to sell them direct and they couldn't do that before. So um, I think they may have had a lot in this legislation, but you can get products, uh, alcohol delivered. Now, so I thought you could do that anyway, but I think because we have uh, like wineries in Texas now, because we could get from Napa, we were getting, when we went there, we were such, you know, uh, we were so easily persuaded. We signed up on these lists and suddenly right. we were getting Under all this wine. Under the influence of that yeah. drug? <laughs> <laughs> Under the influence of that wine at those wineries. We don't. You know what, though? We did do the, some of the tasting. Yeah, that's how uh-huh. they get you. That was insane. Yeah. We had a, a limousine, and there's pictures of us with our head out. And, you know, we're partying. <laughs> and I was like with Lucy. I was in the little wine thing, stamping, stomping grapes and Oh, stuff. yeah. Uh, and thank goodness we had a driver. But, uh, but yeah, I think it was under the influence of the many different You signed up of, for all these home delivery things? We went to Bordeaux. They're kind of snobby over there in Bordeaux, France. They're like, well, in California. In California. I'm saying Italian, but yeah. how they spoke. Uh, I don't have, I, I'm not Great a linguist. Impression. You have to start yeah. with wee wee. That hell always helps. Wee wee is They were saying that they don't do it right in California. They grow all types of grapes on their um, in their vineyards and at their chateaus. But in France, they only grow, you know, two to three types of grapes, like at the Rothschild, when it's Rothschilds. Mm-hmm. Um, there, they, they specialize in just a few of it because those are the ones that nature mm-hmm. naturally. Right, right, and, right. And then they said in California, they've got irrigation, but we don't irrigate in Bordeaux. We are better than we them. We just pray a lot and hope that God will send the rain. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. they have, they're still doing pretty well. All right. So, um, 
this uh, to me was a little bit weird, but it says in uh, the state bill 476 prohibits cities from enacting restrictions on restaurants that want to let diners bring their pets into their outdoor patios. I didn't know there was any restriction. I thought pretty oh, yeah. much uh, that you could bring your cat, cat dog, pet, parakeet outdoors. Well, it's interesting because it's saying that that's a personal decision that the diner makes. It's a policy. You know, it's a private thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, no, they, they couldn't do that before. Okay, I get to read the next one because right. we had that guy on our show, the Lemonade Day guy. Look, mm-hmm. look what happened. Mm-hmm. Win for Big Lemon. House Bill 234 allows young Texans to legally run lemonade mm-hmm. and other non-alcoholic beverage stands mm-hmm. on private property and public parks, overriding any local government or neighborhood association objection. Yes. So he was successful. Yes. And Do you remember done. that gentleman's name? Uh, that was uh, no. Lemonade. But after I talked to him, I wanted to start a lemonade business. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can do this. I've got lemons. Mm-hmm. I need to go take his little course. Mm-hmm. But um, but I think there might be some. Um, I think I'm not sure about this because I haven't read the bill. But I thought there there is. You have to fill out some paperwork. You have to do some things to make sure that um, that you're you can't just plop a stand on your lawn. But you might be able to. So I don't know. We'll have to go look at that again or have it back on again. Mm-hmm. House Bill, in fact, Producer Dick, can you look up at House Bill 234 and to see if there's any restrictions on somebody plopping a lemonade stand on, on any their private property private or public park? Property and, what was it, 284? Uh, yeah, 234. 234. 234. Or public parks. Because as it stands right now, the way this is worded, I could, or my kids or your grandkids, could go uh, put a lemonade stand on our new Memorial Park out there that's right off 45. I think it's beautiful. But I read in the paper that um, they won't let you fish in there because they've got koi and, and goldfish. Because oh, mm-hmm. I saw some people fishing, and then I could be wrong on that. But I, just last week I read no fishing in that Memorial little lake pond because they there's specialty fish that need to stay in there which kind of surprised me i thought people could fish mm-hmm. all right so uh while dick is looking up to find out if we could just go plop a lemonade stand over in memorial park and sell our lemonade and compete with mcdonald's down there mm-hmm. um another bill uh is house bill 2789 it criminalizes the sending of nude or sexually explicit photos to unwilling recipients through text message, social media, and online dating applications. Now, that doesn't really surprise uh, me a what bit. What I'm reading is you have to be under the age of 18 Okay. Uh, for temporary selling lemonade, and it's basically saying that uh, a, mun- a municipality, county, or any other local public health authorities may not in- adopt or enforce a ordinance, order, or rule that prohibits... Restricting it, right? Yeah, restricting anyone, an individual younger than 18. Okay, so there so, you go. I won't no be able restric- to start a lemonade business and have it there permanently. So it's like a food truck or something, a lemonade food truck. And only, but I could get my 17 year old fl- client, daughter, friend, niece, nephew to get a food truck and go pull it on the memorial thing, right? Because it doesn't have any yeah. requirements with the stand are. Mm-hmm. So, okay, food truck people. Hmm. And 17-year-old kids, 17 and under. Mm-hmm. I can see that happening. That's awesome. All right, so, um, all right, the, the, uh, you know, that uh, the the bill about sending nude and sexually explicit photos to people that don't want it, uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of common sense. I think they've already got laws about that. That's completely inappropriate, and I think there's more than just this bill. But um, anyway, all right, so those are kind of the more fun ones. Now, assumed name filings. And this, you would think this wasn't a big deal, but to me it kind of is mm-hmm. because... I do assume name filings for people all the time. It's mm-hmm. really pretty simple. Over here in Montgomery County, you can walk down to the, the clerk's office, just walk in. They've got a form you can fill out. They'll notarize it right there. And as long as it's not 
taken, you can get 10 years of operating under an assumed name. And you can use that on your, your lemonade stand. You could have, you know, your law practice or whatever it may be. But the question that I have with my, my, my clients that aren't just doing something small but have, like, insurance companies and tire companies and that kind of thing, they want to make sure that nobody else gets their uh, the name of their business because, you know, they've developed a name behind it. And um, you can do it federally. It's a little bit more expensive if you get a federal trademark on it. But the safest way has always been to file through the Secretary of State so that nobody in the state can take over your name. But I always had, uh, I was very much, um, uh, you know, I was, uh, influenced them, uh, persuaded them to go down to their local county clerks to make sure it was registered there too. Well, this new bill amends the Texas Business and Commerce Code to provide that an assumed name certificate for a domestic or foreign filing entity need only be filed with the Texas Secretary of State and not with any county. And before, um, you could have somebody, uh, at least arguably, even if they had it in the state, because they weren't checking in Montgomery County and Harris County, Walker County, Waller County, um, they could have a, you know, a, let's call it um, uh, uh, Christine's Bar and Grill. Mm-hmm. You know, if they could have one in the state, but now, uh, but it's really going toward where you're trying to, to uh, the, the bigger ones like Dr. Pepper and that kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. but uh, like when Johnny Menzel had his little, uh, what was he called? He was Johnny Football, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. You wouldn't want a Johnny Football, you know, merchandising, but he got a trademark. But, uh, but anyway, you uh, now don't have to go to the county. This bill modernizes the Texas assumed name statute to conform to most other states. Assumed name certificates are available online to the public from the Secretary of State website, and you can do it all online. You can pay for it online. I just have to make sure. And they won't. I tried it, too, with one, another friend of mine um, that has a, uh, I forgot what kind of business it was, but but he couldn't get it because the name that he wanted was too close to one that was used in the state. So they monitor a lot more closely in the right. Secretary of State. But the county let them file it. So there was going to be some disruption there. Um, county filings of assumed name certificates continue to be required for joint ventures, general partnerships, real estate investment trust, sole proprietorships, and trusts. So I guess I say that, and at the same time, they've now got they've got the little loophole that says you still need it for uh, joint ventures, general partnerships, real estate investment, investment trusts, estate, sole proprietorships, and trusts. But it wouldn't be for corporations and LLCs, mm-hmm. which is what I was working with on that. Right. So what else do you have for us? Uh, well, Tony, you wanted to talk about this walking quorums. Yes. Walking quorums under the Texas Open Meeting Act. Yes. Why, why did you like and that? And that's because um, our, we had, uh, it, 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 Montgomery County had a state uh, county commissioner, Craig Doyle. I think he was the county commissioner. And then um, he was, uh, he and another county, in fact, it's our county commissioner. Um, do you know who our county commissioners are uh, right now? Uh, what would you want to know? I want to know their names because the other one, he was reelected. Uh, I can't remember his name. There's Nowak. Uh-huh. Not Met, Nowak. Metz. Not Metz. And then Riley. Charlie Riley. Thank you. He's our, he's the county commissioner for our, our area. And mm-hmm. I forgot his, sorry, Charlie. I mean, I've met you. I've sorry, talked with Charlie. you. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, he and um, Craig Doyle apparently were, uh, had talked together uh, and were charged with uh, not complying with the Open Meeting Act when they did something that affected the Woodlands Group, which, you know, have got a great lobby. They're rich. They're mm-hmm. powerful. Right. And so the Woodlands Group were able to get them indicted on not complying with the um, Open Meetings Act. And the Open Meeting Act basically says that government officials can't, uh, in fact, it, it, to read it, it's, it's pretty simple, and I'm going to, 
I'm paraphrasing here, and I'm not going to say it right, but basically when there's a requirement like there is for homeowners associations and for commissioners that they have to have their meetings in public so there can't be any stuff going on under the table. And what was happening was uh, the commissioners in this particular instance, and just like they do in homeowners associations, were the members of the board, and in this case it was commissioners, but it happens all the time at homeowners associations, they were meeting so that they didn't have to have a quorum, so it had to be public. They were meeting one-on-one -on -one like coffee talk, like uh, you know a beer place or something, so that they could talk about the issues they wanted passed separately and lobby, and then when they got together, they were all in agreement. Well, oh, that's completely wrong. Right. And so um, Doyle was convicted. And is that called a walking quorum? Well, yes, because they're meeting separately in small groups, so they don't need the quorum oh. to have to have, make it public, to have a meeting set so people can be there, so they can voice their opinion. That was a great loophole to get around it. And so what happened was, um, and I'll read this and then I'll talk about it, the um, walking, uh, walking quorums under the Texas Open Meetings Act, State Bill 16. 1940 amends the Texas Open Meetings Act are, uh, it's called TOMA, but here it's also called um, something else when I'm asking for my Texas Open Meeting Act request. Um, uh, you, can, you can pretty much, Montgomery County is very transparent in the sense that if you ask for records that are open to the public, you just fill out a form online and you send it to them, you get it pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Our city and the county, they are fast. Yeah. And they really help you. So I will commend them on that. Right. I've never, the ones, I've only been denied, they won't give it to me right away and then I suddenly get an attorney general opinion saying this is why you're not going to get it. So then I got to go fight like a lawyer to get the records that I really want. Mm -hmm. That's bad. But then I know something's up because they're not giving me what I'm looking right. for. Right. But for the most part, if you're looking for stuff, they'll give it to you. Um, anyway, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals in State v. Doyle, which is Craig Doyle, struck down the restrictions on walking quorums. In other words, they said, hey, you can do this. We don't have a problem with it. Well, the legislature came back and they said no. Uh, so they just passed this effective, um, let me see, it's effective June 10th, 2000. Mm -hmm. So it's already, so it's already a, in The effect. amendment resuscitates the ban on walking quorums. So while the Criminal Court of Appeals said, no problem, go ahead and do it. I'm just wondering who got paid what because everybody knows everybody. Mm -hmm. um, the legislature came back, and this is the way it should be, and said, we're not having any part of that. Right. You don't get to go around under the table making little deals with people without having the public who you're supposed to be representing and protecting know about it with respect to this very good law, making it so that you have to have open meetings. Right. Right? So no. That they they, they uh, reversed that that actual uh, meeting. Uh, well, so ju I just want our listeners to know law. what you just said. You know, that's the way that it's supposed to be. When something happens and it's it's not good, and you can get a case, mm -hmm. and a judge says, "No, no, that's fine. You're okay. Yeah, do that." The then what happens is the legislature needs to go back and say, "No, yes, that ruling, that court case crossed a line. We don't want. We don't believe that in our one state judge, in a summary judgment or one Supreme Court justice or whoever." it was for people as opposed to everybody in the public. Right. Just like in a homeowners association, you shouldn't have a board that can make all these rules when you have all the people that are saying, this is the disagree. way we want it. Right. Then you have to go back through and you actually have to get an amendment. You have to go through that process and mm -hmm. get it done. Mm -hmm. And that's what, and that's what the, the legislator did. did. They went through mm -hmm. and they, that's a good thing. It that is. They changed some law that should not be, you should not be able to make 
uh, you shouldn't be able to have these meetings under the table for your, you know, limited constituency that's giving you a lot of money, like the steel people that want the brass knuckles, perhaps. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you should have everybody that's within that group in the state of Texas citizens say that you can't do that. Okay, right. so um, have been smoking. You want to talk about that? This is what we went over before, but we're going to reiterate what they actually say about it um, to reinforce what we had said before. Uh, yeah, okay, so a bill to lessen penalties for small amounts of marijuana passed the House but failed the Senate. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. It passed the House but failed the <laughs> yes. Senate. However, House Bill 1325 passed, creating the Hemp Farming Act. Oh, yeah, we've talked about this okay, on the House show. House Bill 1325 passed. 1325, mm -hmm. it passed, which intends to regulate the commercial production of hemp. Hemp is defined as the plant cannabis sativa L with a THC concentration of not more than 0.3%. House Bill 1325 is effective June 10th, so it's already effective right, 2019. That's the, that's the hemp one. Uh huh. Right? And so then this next one uh, raises the smoking age in Texas to 21, except for military personnel. Yeah, good. Tony. Yes. There you I go. I didn't know the whole I bill. still don't feel good about that, but at least they did that. Yes. The bill also requires that. Okay, so that, what is that telling our kids? If you want to smoke, go join the military. Yes, if it's that m m important to you. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I think mm -hmm. it's, uh, mm -hmm. yes. Why do we have all these constitutional rights and all these silly laws that say you can't do this until you're 21 and stuff like that? That's just ridiculous. Um, I am a, an advocate for not smoking because I think that I remember Polly Puffer in the eighth grade uh, health classes that we took in gym. I remember her. Uh, and I think that that's just really bad for you. And I think vaping is bad for you. And I think people should eat M&Ms instead. I don't have stock in M&Ms, but it's legal. And it got me past the bar somehow. Right. Okay, okay. Okay, so... Oh, 21 except for military personnel. The bill also requires identification of anyone under 30 who attempts to purchase tobacco products, products, cigarettes, or e-cigarettes. That's kind of weird. That is a, that's that, that's a, a hanging sentence. Or, or, you have to have identification for anyone under 30. Why? If you only have to be 21. Well, because we're all about controlling uh, people. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's okay. Why. We talked a little bit about the handbills and the licensing, but this will clarify anything that we did with any misconception. House Bill 121 uh, creates a new defense for a person with a concealed handgun license who promptly departs premises prohibiting handguns when asked to do so. Uh, the bill intends to address a situation where a... Uh, 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 a uh, CHL holder mistakenly carries a handgun onto premises prohibiting such, but promptly departs after receiving notice to depart. And that's just like trespassing. If you right. didn't know that you're on someone else's land and they say, go off and you leave, mm -hmm. then you can't get in trouble for it right. because you've mitigated the damages. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so we have uh, three minutes, two we minutes. We have about a minute and a half. In the whole show? Oh, yeah. my gosh. Um, we're going to talk about very much in detail uh, the next show. We're going to talk about... Uh, the Texas Citizen Participation Act, it's very important. It's overbroad. Uh, people are getting sued, and um, it's not in a public interest. Uh, in other words, you are uh, being... You're talking about anti-slap? Yeah, you're, you're being you can be defamed by almost anybody if the other side says, well, the public needs to know about right. that. And that's improper, and they fine you. And they've changed that now because they shouldn't. Have. We're going to talk about the next show. So also, they've made it more restrictive? They're making it so that it helps the common person can't be defamed, which is appropriate. Oh, okay. And then the last thing is, is we went to an emergency room. Not the last thing, but the last important thing, I think. Um, House Bill 2041 requires freestanding emergency rooms to give... Patients a printed disclosure in English and Spanish that they that are list 
list that in-network health plans and average price the patient may be charged for a procedure uh, and not just say they take and accept certain insurance because they were saying they accepted and they wouldn't be in the, the people were coming in and it wouldn't be in their plan and they were paying exorbitant fees and getting sued for it. And now they actually have to post specific lists of if you're actually in their plan on these little emergency um, cl okay. clinics that are freestanding. Um, that because there was so much of this going on. So that's really important. Uh, uh, the legislature was great this yes, session. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to them. Okay, Thank you, guys. How much time do we have? Um, uh, so we, we appreciate you listening. You can listen to us next week. You can download the um, podcast tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, we want to remind you to always serve God by serving others. Have a great week, guys. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.